It was a shooting on the set of the movie Rust. The movie stars Alec Baldwin. And yes, Alec Baldwin, after everything he has said and everything he has done, still gets movie roles. You wouldn't be able to work again, but that's neither here nor there. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is great to be with you. On the set of the film, it's a Western. It's set in New Mexico, or at least that's where they're filming. There's a firearm that's needed, and the next thing you know, the firearm, the prop, goes off, killing the cinematographer, injuring the director, Joel Souza. The cinematographer's name, I don't know how to pronounce, so I don't want to mess it up, so I apologize for that. The question is, how does a prop gun fire? How does an actor have access to something that could shoot a projectile? Why would a cinematographer and a director who are offset, one would assume, get shot? What was happening? How many safety protocols were violated here? Never mind the just rules of gun safety. And what are the criminal implications? Guy Relford joins us right now. He is a Second Amendment lawyer and also host of the Gun Guy Show. Heard weekends on 93.1 FM WIBC in Indianapolis. Relford Law Group is his world. I think it's RelfordLaw.com. And let's start with the basics. We, we have somebody who was killed here. We have somebody who was injured here. There is nothing Funny about this because it involves Alec Baldwin, who has proudly announced himself on the political left, proudly announced himself as an anti-gun guy. This is not the conversation we're having. We're having a conversation of how something like this happens and the law at play, even when it's on a film set. So first things first, a guy, uh, the, the people who work with firearms on gun uh, firearms on sets. These are serious folk. They are. They don't want anybody getting hurt. They're checking, double-checking, rechecking. They're prop masters. They're safety people. Everything. How does a blank fire? Well, hi, Tony. And that that uh, is an interesting question in the sense that multiple safety protocols and multiple rules of gun safety really have to be violated in a situation like this for someone to get hurt. Typically, on a movie set, they're using blanks, and a blank is a, a, just a normal uh, firearm cartridge with the absence of a bullet, so it doesn't have a projectile, but it still has gunpowder, and that gunpowder is held in place typically by a piece of paper called a wad, and when the gun fires, you still get a muzzle blast. In other words, you get that flash of burning gunpowder and hot gases out of the muzzle of the gun. Uh, and that paper wad also is ejected at a, at a very high velocity. Now it's just a high, uh, it's just a piece of paper, but it's coming out at a very high velocity. So, the, the the interesting thing to me is that in the quotes from the investigating sheriff's agency out in New Mexico, they're saying we're trying to determine what happened and the type of projectile. There should be no projectile other than perhaps a small piece of paper. So that tells me there was the wrong ammunition that something else was in the barrel of the gun that was then forced out when um, the, the blank went off, like a, a rock, a pebble, something else. You know, remember the Brandon Lee situation where there was actually a bullet from a previous firing of the gun on that movie set, and then when they fired the blank, the bullet was forced out, and that's what killed Brandon Lee. And that goes so back to 1993, I believe it is, and the movie was here, The Crow. Why was there even a projectile involved at all? 
So I, I was just saying that that when you talk about Brandon Lee, that goes back to I think 1993. The movie was The Crow, uh, and and where uh, Brandon Lee was shot and killed in that film, talking to Guy Relford, Second Amendment uh, lawyer. Uh, you can find more about him at Relford R E L F O R D RelfordLaw dot com. So that is the first good question. Why was there a projectile in there? When this story came out, I started with where I always start. I want to know what's happening. So I don't, people are going to go after Alec Baldwin for the political reasons. I'm not interested in that. This woman is dead. This guy is injured. I want to know what's going on. And in a conversation, a back and forth I had with Adam Baldwin, no relation, the actor from Chuck, uh, 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 the, the Last Ship, uh, he... He was saying that this, none of this makes sense because it violates a protocol. And one of the questions that he was asking, and I think other actors and, and people will be asking, is why and how was he aiming his weapon at his victim? You teach gun safety all across central Indiana, all across the country. There are four basic tenants, basic rules about gun safety. Go through them for us and discuss how it's possible they were violated in this situation. Yeah, it's a great way to approach this issue, Tony, because as I mentioned at the outset, you know, multiple rules of gun safety, multiple protocols have to be violated for somebody to get hurt in this manner. And the, and the four rules that you mentioned are directly applicable, even when you're talking about a prop gun or a stage gun or a gun uh, that's supposed to be inert. Um, it's not inert if it's got gunpowder in it. So we still have to follow the rules. And the first one is you treat every gun as if it were loaded all the time, no exceptions. So if you're pointing a gun at someone, if you're engaged in horseplay, if you're relying on the fact that it's got blanks in it to do something unsafe with it, you're violating that first rule. And number two, which closely follows on that, is uh, to always keep the gun pointed in a safe direction. Pointed at your cinematography director or the director of the movie uh, is not a safe direction. Thirdly, you keep your finger off the trigger until you're on target and ready to fire. Interestingly enough, assuming this was a, a, a classic Western six-shooter revolver, those are typically single-action revolvers. What that means is there's no safety on the gun. However, the safety is largely unnecessary and redundant because you have to physically cock the hammer for every single shot. And that takes some effort. Um, and, and you'll notice in the, in the Westerns that they will cock that hammer for every single shot. So you have to have done that deliberately. It's almost impossible, certainly not impossible, but almost, to, to unintentionally cock the hammer of a, a Western-style single-action revolver. Then, in addition to that, have to have your finger on the trigger in violation of rule number three. And lastly, you always know not only your target, but whatever is aligned with your target, meaning anything between you and your target, the target itself, and anything behind your target, um, because your bullet may pass through the target, you may miss, um, and you may hit something either in front of or behind your target. So when you, you apply those to this movie set situation, even though we certainly don't have all the facts, you can see how multiple rules have to be violated in succession or all together um, in order for someone to get hurt with a firearm like this. And so we all get it. You know how many things had to go wrong for this to happen? From the prop master to the safety people uh, to, to that specific weapon itself to being in Alec Baldwin's hand to the scene in question. Uh, there, there's reporting that the director said, let's do another take. And uh, supposedly Alec Baldwin joked around and said, another take. I'll give you a blank another take. 
and that's when it happened. And then in a, there are a million things that could have gone differently to stop this from happening. And the fact that they didn't is why you engage in all these checks. The stunt guys are serious folk, and the idea that somehow someone made a mistake and put a live round in or some other type of projectile, man, that is, that is a hard one to fathom. But now let's get into the meat of the matter. Someone's responsible here. You've got the actor, Alec Baldwin. You have got the, the prop master and the, and the safety officials. You have the producers of the film. The legal liability, Guy Relford, where does that mm -hmm. fall? Well, two different issues there. One is potential criminal culpability, and the second is civil liability. You know, all it takes is mere negligence um, for someone to be, to be sued. If, if there's horseplay involved, um, then, then that, you know, with a firearm, something capable of, of, of causing these types of injuries and death, then it's pretty easy to get over the threshold of negligence. Um, in addition... In a situation like this, particularly when someone's been killed and someone else has been seriously hurt, then charges like criminal recklessness um, are clearly going to be examined. Now, again, I don't want to speculate because I don't have all the facts, but if there were, again, horseplay involved, if someone's kidding around with a, with a firearm and, 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 and as a result of that, someone uh, gets killed and or hurt, um, authorities would clearly look at something like criminal recklessness, which doesn't take an intentional act. It just takes something um, that is either intentional, or knowing, or reckless. And reckless can be goofing around, can be horseplay. Um, and we've seen criminal recklessness uh, prosecutions under similar circumstances, not necessarily movie sets, but people horsing around um, with a gun, and that can easily result in criminal culpability. In fact, I've defended multiple cases involving horseplay with gun, horseplay with guns that ends up with somebody getting hurt. I, just, just the idea of calling it horseplay, just that, that does not sit right. Something about that just feels absolutely, completely, and totally ugly. Is there? You're, let's say you're, you're a lawyer. Let's not. Let's say you are, you are a lawyer. Talking to Guy Relford, RelfordLaw.com, Second Amendment attorney. What is it that you would be looking at in the defense of Alec Baldwin here? What are the subjects that you're looking at that we should be thinking about as more about this story comes to light? Well, if there was something that he had no knowledge of, and so that um, he couldn't react accordingly, like, for instance, if he was under the belief that this was a, an, uh, an unloaded gun, but the armorer or the technical advisor or whoever it might be working on that movie set who's responsible for handling the firearms, if they did something wrong that put a firearm in Alec Baldwin's hands that he did not know was capable of hurting someone. Again, he still has to violate the rules of gun safety to get there, but that, but it, certainly in terms of any criminal culpability or something along those lines, is was it not his fault because someone else didn't do their job? And usually the, the people, and I have uh, friends who have been technical advisors on movies, and they are very serious folks, as you mentioned um, early on, Tony, um, and a lot of times they, you know, they, they call themselves you know, firearm wranglers or whatever if they're on a if they're on, they're on a Western set. Um, but but every gun is checked, rechecked, and rechecked um, before it's allowed into the actor's hands. But if someone didn't do their job and put Alec Baldwin in a position of not understanding the condition of the firearm he had in his hands, that'd be something that could potentially um, let him off the hook to some degree. 
GuyRelfordRelfordLaw.com. You can also catch his show in Indianapolis on 93.1 FM WIBC. I appreciate you taking the time. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz.